Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. You're listening to The Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio and Sneaky Joe DiBiase on WGR Sports Radio 550. I have to fully admit, and I don't think this is a shame to admit, I do put Rocky Four on in my headphones sometimes when I work out. This soundtrack is a great workout soundtrack. Yes. Right? On my run playlist. I mean, No Easy Way Out is a... I know that you guys had a new version from Tom Sitch and recommended it. Yeah. I, I love that song, yes, for sure. No Easy Way Out. It does... It's kind of one of those, it's not super you know, head banging or anything like that, but it just gets you in that mood. I ha- I do have on my run playlist, No Easy Way Out, Robert Tepper. Yes. That's the Rocky Four soundtrack. Hearts on Fire. This is this. That's what this is. From uh, that, yeah. And then I also have War, which is just the yes. instrumental that's in the background. Vince DiCola? Vince DiCola, when uh, yes. Drago and Rocky are fighting, yes. All those are on the list. Josh, Next to, you- like, you know, The weekend. Are you impressed <laughs> that we knew who sang these songs and who that was, that was, was the instrumental? Well, I didn't, I didn't know. I was just looking, oh. at, I was looking oh, at my okay. Spotify playlist. But Vince Nicola, so that is correct, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. yeah. You knew. I did know that. That was impressive. The other one that I will do sometimes is like the regular Rocky music, Gonna Fly Now. And like, okay. right, he's jogging through the streets. Yeah. You know, ends up with him up in the... That's, that's like the early, that's the first two, right? Yeah, yeah, they still play a lot once, of that. Once like, you get to three, it becomes like Eye of the Tiger. 100%. And, yeah. They still have like a little bit of the background of that. But a lot of people have kind of compared this Bill's journey and playing the Chiefs to the Rocky music and the, or the Rocky movies and the themes of what's happening and back and forth. So uh, that's kind of why we've talked about it a little bit. And Josh played it right there. By the way, speaking of Rocky and in Philly, what do you think make of Nick Sirianni? Maybe after one year of way from going to the Super Bowl, maybe still not completely secure in his job. He has to meet with the owner, Jeffrey Lurie. It basically sounds like he is going to present a plan yeah. to the owner on what he's going to do coaching-wise and just a plan in general. But what do you think about the and fact that he could even still be no, out right. after one year? It basically sounds like if the owner doesn't like it, he's going to be out. And wow. that would be one year removed yeah. from a Super Bowl. Listen, that organization, though, like they've done this, right? Doug Peterson, they did it. And... Chip Kelly did not go to a Super Bowl, but Chip Kelly had, I think, back-to-back double-digit win seasons, then had one bad year, and he was out. So they're willing to do it. Howie Roseman is also willing to do it. But, hey, it has worked for them, right? Sure. They, they figure it out. I also, like, what? what is, Sirianni's getting a lot of criticism for, like, what are you really doing for everybody? Like, you're not calling plays offensively. 
You can't figure out who to call plays on defense for you. And some of the some of the other criticism, this stuff I don't mind as much, but some people do, of like the the sh- you know talking to fans right or you know some of the glares that he gives or just like some of the extracurricular stuff yeah. I guess with him like well that works again, well when you're winning that's like that he's yeah. us he's Philly right he's now, tough exactly he'll fight back and now but when you not when you don't win now that you're that losing, comes back to bite you bad and it's not very coachy if you yes like, there's not a lot of coaches that do stuff like that no, it's a Buffalo Football Friday, by the way. It's the Extra Point Show. Sal Capaccio, Sneaky Joe DiBiase, and a Buffalo Football Friday, as always, here on WGR, is presented by Topps Markets. Score big savings and elevate your food game. We are awaiting head coach Sean McDermott, so when we have Coach McDermott, we'll bring him to you. Let's get out to the phone lines in the meantime. And my apologies to any uh, callers if we break from you early, but we'll keep you on if that's the case when Coach McDermott calls in. We will have him. Let's go to Billy in Toronto. Hi, Billy. How you doing, guys? Good, thanks. Yeah, listen, I think it, it it bodes real well for us. I think we match up well. I don't like the fact that we lose a game of rest. Um, you know, this seems to always happen to Kansas City where they catch a break. Even last year, they should have been going on the road in the playoffs. Uh, but uh, you know what? I, I'm, I'm ready for these guys. Just, want, just two things quickly. Buffalo, if you can get up 10 nothing. It's like a hockey game when you get when you get up two nothing and the next goal means everything. And if you get the if you get the third goal, you're up three nothing, and that basically ends the game. We seem to get up ten nothing, thirteen nothing quickly, and it looks like we're going to blow the team out of the stadium. And then for some reason, it turns into a close game. I just I just hope if we get that lead, we can build it and and just kind of maybe end the game by half. Now I know it's the Chiefs we're talking about. But I still think Buffalo can beat this team easily. The one thing I would like to see them do, and I take a page from the Cincinnati Bengals when the Bengals beat them, the Bengals don't fall for Patrick Mahomes' garbage behind the line. I mean, when he's running around, when he's looking left, he's throwing right. When he looks like he's going to run, he passes. When he looks like he's going to pass, he runs. If Buffalo can just contain him, if we can sack him, great. But if he starts running around back there, don't have three or four guys go and try and tackle him. He sidesteps everybody and then runs for 40 yards. Make Mahomes pass the ball. Take the run right out of his hands, and I think we beat them, and then I think it's on to uh, Baltimore, and hopefully maybe Houston can upset them and, and uh, we get Houston at home. That's all I got, guys. Thanks. You got it, Billy. Have a great weekend. I do get concerned about Mahomes, those, those third and longs where he breaks contain. He runs around. It does happen, and it has hurt the Bills in the past. Yeah. He th- there was um he's not Josh Allen running the ball, but he has he has a higher yards per carry because yeah. those are the situation he runs. He doesn't run on third and two this to get year, the first down. This year he is running more. You know what I mean like on a, a sneak? Yeah. Yes. This year he is running more, and you mentioned the yards per carry is higher. I, I I wonder how much of that too is guys don't get open for him as often as they norm they used to. So that's right. He used to extend plays and hang behind the line of scrimmage, and he'd eventually find somebody. He doesn't find the guy as often anymore, so now he takes off and runs more. Um, and he's always been good at it, right? He's not Allen. He's not jumping over somebody. But he is dangerous for that. I remember the – was it even the playoff game? There's a game where the Bills came out of the gates, and this is before Von Miller. So this is like Jerry Hughes, Mario Addison. Maybe it's the playoff game. Where they came out, and they were getting to him. They were getting after him. But they just couldn't tackle him. There was like an opening drive where Mahomes ran it like every play. And they ended up scoring. 
Was it, it wasn't the AFC Championship, was it? No, 20? I think it was after that. It okay. might have even been the 13-second game okay. um, early on. And that's one where, like, lessons learned from that, and maybe they have since then, where you can beat your man. Yeah. You can, you can right. have right. tons of success with pass rush win rate, but if you can't get him to the ground, he can kill you. No doubt. And he has, and that is a concern anytime you play against Patrick Mahomes. Steve in Watertown is up next. Hi, Steve. Hi, guys. Uh, you know, there's very few places in the country that understand what we went through the last few days. And uh, one thing we go through that you folks don't is we actually get lake effect from Lake Erie as well as Lake Ontario mm-hmm. just because of the prevailing wind. So I know what you guys are going through. We went, we're going through it ourselves. My hat's off. But my real reason for the call was, uh, as I'm plowing snow endless amounts of time, I'm listening to the Sean McDermott, I don't want to call, call them haters, but detractors. And it was really some short history before Sean. I think our next best coach before Sean that you could put any credibility next to would be Wade Phillips. But we got Mike Malarkey, who was a quitter. Doug Marone, he's a, he's a punchline. Uh, Greg Williams, another punchline. Sean Williams is not perfect, but no man is. But Sean, excuse me, Sean McDermott. But Sean McDermott is a leader of men. And what we know is these people that play on the field will run through a wall for Sean McDermott. He's not perfect uh, in game clock management. But what he is, he's a teacher. He's, he's, uh, he represents our city and our team with class and accountability. And Sean McDermott, this is your year and your team's year. And we will win the Super Bowl, and my hat will be off to Sean McDermott because he is a champion for our city. All right. Well, I mean, Thanks, I think Steve. we all hope you're right. That's a very ringing endorsement of Sean McDermott. You know, I share a lot of the sentiments about how he leads and what he means to the organization. You know I do. But I also understand and will tell you it's a bottom-line business. And this team hasn't achieved the pinnacle of what they've set out to do and he is a guy that mm. directly is in the crosshairs of people who want to point to that. Yeah. Right or wrong. I said this a couple of days ago. I'm surprised that I've gotten to this point, given where the team was in the middle of the season. But going into this week, I'm as confident in Sean McDermott as I've ever been. And for me, it's more where they're at schematically and with game management decisions, where they've had so many injuries all year defensively. And they've held tough. Even in that middle portion of the year, some of this was the opponents they played, but the middle portion of the year where they weren't playing well defensively, they still were surviving and not letting teams put up giant point totals. Um, And now they've rebounded where they're back to looking like a top 10, maybe even top 5 defense. And that's McDermott's play calling. That is the dime package that they've introduced, right, with Poyer moving down to, to supplement some of Dodson's weaknesses. That's the when they know to blitz. That's using Douglas as a as a shadow in the right spots. Um, to me, my confidence right now in McDermott is that what he is as a defensive mind and how that's gone. Plus, pointing this out the other day, he finished the season in knowing when to go for it. Like in terms of like the win probability stuff, he finished the season the third best coach in the league at that. And I know. No coach in the league, except maybe Dan Campbell, is going to you know, go for it all the time because coaching in general 
coaches in general are usually more conservative than they should be. But when compared to his peers, he's doing well at that. And we have recent examples of that. The Miami game especially, right? When he... Own 37? Yeah. Uh, like when he went... His own 37, right, yeah. yes. And then later in the drive, too, it, it didn't yeah. work, but it was the right call. And even last week, he didn't have a lot of opportunities to like be challenged on when to go for it, when not to. Um, when to use timeouts, when not to. But he went for it against the Steelers. They had a QB sneak on like their own 46 or something. So all that stuff I feel like they're nailing lately too. By the way, you said the word challenge. It just triggered something in my head. How stupid is it in the NFL that you win a challenge so you get to keep your challenges. It's so Then dumb. you have another one and lose so you lose both. It's so dumb. What in the world is that? Especially when they should have won the second challenge. Right. It's, like they, you have two right, challenges. Right. You challenge one, you win. Okay, you still keep your two. You challenge another, you lose. We're taking both away. Yeah. McDermott should have been two for two. What is that? He should have been two for two. But even game. if even if but, they no, right, say yeah. He should have at least kept one of them. Isn't the because he won the first one? Is the rule when you win both and you get another one? Yes. But then if you challenge and win the third one, I don't think you get a fourth. one. That's correct. Which is ridiculous. It's stupid. (laughs) And also, we never got an explanation on that, right? There was no like pool report. No, that's right. That's right. And people asked me, and I said, generally a pool report's only going to happen if there's something that really kind of changes the outcome of a game, a controversial call, like a late game, didn't really have an impact on the game itself, like at the end of it. I don't know. Like, but I agree with you. I think all the only thing I can think of is they basically were saying that it hit Fryermuth. Was that who fumbled? It hit Fryermuth's helmet as he was. Touching out of bounds. I, and there was one angle that looked like that could have happened, but it but didn't we don't look know. definitive. Correct. And also, I was wondering if they were even allowed to look at that. Because McDermott challenged the ruling on the field that Spectre was out of bounds. I'll, I'll answer that. When you challenge a play, the whole play gets reviewed. Oh, okay. When you challenge gotcha. a play, they have to look at all Everything? parts of it okay. and aspects of it to make sure that they kind of call it right. Let's go full Sopranos here and go to Uncle June in Lancaster. What's up, Uncle June? Uncle June. Hey, Sale. How you doing? Lifetime listener, second time caller. How you doing? I'm good. Thanks, buddy. Uh, I just called in a little bit uh, to comment on Josh Allen's play last week. Uh, it was absolutely phenomenal. Uh, this kid's been on a quite a heat uh, heater there. He's got a hot streak going. Uh, I'm a little worried, to be honest with you, Sal. Uh, I hope that our defense can kind of heal up um, and lock down that middle this week. I think it's going to be a tough battle. Uh, you know how it goes with Travis Kelsey in the middle. Um, but at the end of the day, I do think that uh, Josh gets it done again this week. I got the Bills 23-21. We continue uh, this streak. We got two more left after this, and I I think he gets it done this year. All right. I love it, Uncle June. Thanks for the call. I I like that, like, score area, Joe, as I just said. To me, this game lives in the low 20s at the end of the day. I I don't think – I think both defenses are good enough, and we don't – we haven't talked about how good the Kansas City defense has been this year. Mm -hmm. It's been very good. They have very good young talent. They blitz a lot. Chris Jones is a problem. They have Karloftis. They have the second most sacks in the league. It's going to be a challenge for the Bills. I think, as opposed to a caller from earlier who said this is going to be a shootout, I think it's the other way around. I'm not predicting it's going to be 17-10, but I do think that probably low 20s is where this game ends up. Yeah, I think that's a very, I think that's a very real outcome. What's the, the over-under? The over-under is 45 and a half. Ooh, started at 46 and a half. It's been bet down. And it's three as the spread. So what are we looking at there? We're thinking like 20, 23-20? 24-21? Yeah. 24-21. There I mean, you go. That's, that's what the over-under is. And I actually kind of like the under in that game, in this game. And part of the reason is I feel like everyone's betting the over. It's like 80% on the over, which mm. is, isn't that just, it's Allen versus Mahomes. 45 yeah. points. I got to get over that. But listen, the Bills have had their warts offensively all year, and the Chiefs, 
the Chiefs are scoring a touchdown less per game this year. They usually are around 28, 29 points per season, per per game each season. And this year they're at 21. Like, it's not just a, a, a regression for them. It's, it is a massive drop-off. They're scoring a full touchdown less per game this year. This year. We are awaiting Bills head coach Sean McDermott. As soon as he comes aboard, we'll give you his weekly radio interview. And, of course, all eyes on the injury report. The Bills had, let me count them, one, two, three, four, five, six players did not practice yesterday. One of those was Stefan Diggs with a vet rest, but the word foot is attached to that with the injury report description. So, obviously, it is something to inquire about and ask about. I mean, vet rest, though, generally indicates he should be okay. So other than that, you have Christian Benford, Terrell Bernard, Gabe Davis, Taylor Rapp, and Beal Inspector all not practicing last week, or I'm sorry, yesterday, as well as the day before. That's two days in a row for all five of them. We'll find out, A, if anybody is declared out for the game as of now, and B, what practice looks like for today from Sean McDermott when he joins us. In the meantime, you have football tomorrow. It gets kicked off with the... Texans and Ravens on the other side of the bracket in the AFC. That game is at 4.30 p.m. We will know by about 7.30 p.m. tomorrow night if the winner of the Bills-Chiefs game is going on the road to Baltimore or if they're hosting at home. And Joe, I even said this with Kansas City people this week. America needs the Bills to win to make sure the Chiefs are not hosting another AFC championship game. Mm. You can't have that happen. No. It would be the first time since 2018 that they're that it's not at Arrowhead. Is that right? If if it's they've in made Baltimore five Buffalo. games in a row, right? Yeah, and they've all been at Kansas City. They've all been there. So yeah, it's five That's in right. a row AFC Championship games at Kansas City. So there you go. No, we Bills and Ravens. We cannot let this happen again. We cannot let it go back there for a sixth consecutive year. Can't, I'm can't, fine can't with the happen. Texans winning, but then the Bills. Yes, even more That's so fine. for America have to win. That's fine. I prefer the Texans. Yes, winning. me too. Um. That game, what time tomorrow again? 4.30 p.m. 4.30 p.m.? All right, I'll definitely be watching. I mean, everybody will be watching that. There was no question whether I'd be watching it. But that game, man, if Stroud can do it, it's Oof. there'll be two things that happen. We'll all be happy because it'll be the right to the, – the Bills-Chiefs game will be for the right to host the AFC Championship game. The flip side of that will be that we're going to have to really think about C.J. Stroud we already probably do, but C.J. Stroud being in the AFC's hair for a long time. Like, he'll join that club of Allen and Mahomes and Burrow, and I think Jackson deserves to be mentioned there, too. Like, those five guys, if Stroud can jump into that with a win. That game will be on ESPN. Do you know the line in that game? It's a big one, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, is it, like, seven and a half? Oh, it's larger. It's I haven't like looked at a couple and days. Half, I believe. Ten. Nine and a half? Places, yeah. Wow. So, I mean, it's a big spread. I had Aaron Schatz, nine and a half is what I, I have it at right here. Okay, I had Aaron shots on on Wednesday, and he said by his numbers and the spread he said represented it that the Ravens and the Niners are like significantly above the rest right now. Mm-hmm. The Bills are third, like they're kind of leading that next pack. But he said the Ravens and Niners are like right now head and sh- are are there's a gap is all he meant to say. I, I've heard a lot this week about Lamar Jackson's inabilities and efficiencies in the playoffs. Yeah. There's been, I've seen it on every TV sports show, I feel like, that existed this week. Who's got the most pressure mm-hmm. on them in these playoffs from here on out? And the only two answers I've seen are Josh Allen or Lamar Jackson. I think they're the two to debate with. I I like Lamar for it, though. 
Al, and that's not for me to I'm not telling you Allen doesn't have a lot of pressure on him. He hasn't won. And inherently, that's going to mean there's a ton of pressure because of how good he is and what the expectation is. But Lamar Jackson has two MVPs. And he is not considered, he's not often mentioned with, it's, isn't it usually Allen Mahomes Burrow? That's usually what you hear, right? Allen Mahomes Burrow. Those are the kingpins of the conference. Jackson doesn't come up as much, even though he probably should. He's about to win his second MVP. His record so you said is he has two. You're saying he's going to have a second. He's about to have a second, gotcha, I, yeah. I think. So I, believe, I think so, too. I think he'll win the MVP, but he has one. The big difference to me between Jackson and Allen, this is the only place I'd make a, a difference because both guys got to win you know, for their legacies eventually. The biggest difference is Allen is a proven playoff performer. He has some of the best numbers in the playoffs <laughs> right. ever. Yeah, 20 touchdowns, passing, 4 interceptions, plus whatever he's got rushing added on top of that. He's got a 101 passer rating in the playoffs. Now look at Lamar. Lamar's got 3 touchdowns to 5 interceptions and has a 66 passer rating. And has only won one playoff game against the Titans. So both guys need to win to establish themselves as like top-tier you know, elite quarterbacks, not to be doubted in that way. But the one difference to me is Allen's performed in the playoffs. Jackson has not. Yeah, I was on, you know, one of one of the radio shows earlier this week. I think it might have been CBS Sports Radio. And the host says, basically, there was a question that was phrased of, hey, Josh Allen, at times this year, but like, uneven season. Then he said, and he's been uneven in the playoffs. And I'm like, that's, no, he hasn't. That's, that's not you true. can't complicate, you can't mix in the results of the games with Josh Allen. He hasn't been perfect in the playoffs, but he has not been up and down. He's been pretty much lights out except for a couple of games maybe. But like what what's his worst playoff game? Cincinnati last year? That's probably right. 25 yeah. of 42, 264, a touch, okay. yep. uh, an interception, no touchdowns. Definitely right. Clearly. So, past that, man, look at the numbers in these other games. I mean, 300 yards all over the place. Last week, the yardage was down, but he had four touchdowns, and he had a massive touchdown run that was one of the plays of the week. Um, I mean, there's, of course, the New England perfect game. The New England game plus the 13-second game back-to-back is just nuts. I mean, he's over 600 yards, nine touchdowns, zero picks. So, from beginning to end, even, you know, the Houston game was uneven in its own right for him, and that's before he even took off yet. And even in that game, he ends up with 264 yards, and he caught a touchdown. So, like, he's always performed in the playoffs. And the difference there, to me, is Lamar has not. Lamar, here, right? Yeah. That's, that game, the, the Taron Johnson pick six. Why, mm-hmm. it, I mean, I wonder how they discussed that game in, in uh, Baltimore. I've never thought of it from their perspective. Hey, right, we're, we're going we're gonna to take a five-minute break here, and I'm told we could do that, and then we'll have Sean McDermott okay. on the other side. So let's do that now here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. In fact, we'll be back in a snap. It is brought to you by Snap Dragon Apples, the official apple of the Buffalo Bills. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. 
T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. All right, Joe, we talked a little bit about the other AFC matchup as we await Sean McDermott. Folks, we are still awaiting the Bills head coach. As soon as we have him, we'll bring him to you here on the Extra Point Show on WGR. Packers 49ers tomorrow night. Your guy, Jordan Love, you've been on him for a while here, and rightfully so. He's stepped up his game. He looks really good. And now, though, it's a different challenge. Going to San Francisco to take on the one-seed 49ers after a week of rest. It'd be fun if the Packers could push the Niners there, but yeah, I don't have much expectation that... I don't think they're, they're fully formed enough yet. They're still super young. Yes. See the stat? They're the youngest team to make the playoffs since the 74 Bills. I did. So, like, I like them, but I think it's a little too early to have them go out, go to the road and beat San Francisco. Well, unfortunately, that didn't work out for the 74 Bills either. They didn't, they didn't uh, go very far? No, I think that would have been... That's OJ, right? Yeah, but that would have been, um, uh, hold on, that's the Steelers run. So I think they go to Pittsburgh that year. Let me look at it up real quick. So this is before me. I'm one years old, right? So they would have gone to, I think they would have gone to Pittsburgh in 74 and lost to them. Uh-huh. And let's see what that was. Yeah, yeah I think you got that right. Yep. Yep. Divisional round, but first game of the playoffs. Yep. They lost 32-14 to 14 to Pittsburgh. That's right. Pittsburgh goes on to win the Super Bowl. All right. Then on Sunday... Before the Bills and Chiefs take the field, Buccaneers at Lions. It is amazing. We are talking about one of these two teams being in the NFC Championship game. It's not amazing from the year the Lions had. It's just amazing to think about these two franchises and where they have been and the expectations for at least one or both going into the year. Yeah. The uh, Mayfield is playing his way into a contract. He is. Right? Like He's not going to have a monster one, but... He's he's been good and the numbers are good and Todd Bowles has saved his job, I think. Todd Bowles has saved his job. Todd Bowles You know, I don't know if I've ever heard him talk. I don't know, he just kinda <laughs> exists there. He's a good coach, right? Defensively especially. Um but like he's just not a coach I ever think about. I don't know why. But like just kinda He doesn't because have a lot he, to say. It, it often he doesn't really have much reaction on the sidelines <laughs> right. also too, which is a part of that. Um I'm rooting for the Lions though. Go go Detroit. It's the it's the month of Michigan, by the way. Oh yeah. The month of Michigan. They you had the Wolverines that won it. You got the Lions that are actually out here winning playoff games now. The Pistons snapped their like eighty game win <laughs> losing streak or however long that was. That's right. Buccaneers Lions at three PM. Coaching cycle. Another thing that is amazing to me, it is so weird. Joe, every time I read Bill Belichick interviewed for the Atlanta Falcons job. 
it only makes a little more sense to me now because they're starting. There's start, there's some rumors starting to fire up that Kirk Cousins oh. would link up with him wherever he goes. That I could see a little bit. Right? I you you know I ranked him. I I have I like I think the Falcons' job is a good job. Mm-hmm. They got some offensive they just pieces. Need, they just need the quarterback. They have a decent defense. Yeah. They the running know, back's good. That's right. Let's get to Sean McDermott, Bills head coach. He awaits on the Western Hotline right now. You're listening to Buffalo Bills Football Friday on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Now, here's Sal and Joe with Coach McDermott. Brought to you by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. By Kaleida Health, the official health care provider of the Buffalo Bills. By Dunn Tire, official tire dealer of the Buffalo Bills. And by Northtown Automotive. Whatever you're looking for, you'll find it at Northtown. Bills head coach Sean McDermott joins us on the Western Hotline for his weekly radio appearance. Good Friday morning to you, Coach. It is Sal and Joe. Hope you're doing well. I am. Good to be with you guys this uh, this Friday morning. You as well, Coach. All right. Well, we know you have a lengthy injury report throughout the week, so we'll start there as we usually do. Is there anybody you know for sure is not going to play you're going to declare out as of right now? Yeah, so we'll declare out uh, Gabe Davis, Taylor Rapp, Christian Benford, and Balen Spector, um, and then the rest uh, either will practice or may not practice, but they are still game-time decisions. Okay, I know that um, a couple names on that list I'd like to touch on here. You said it the other day, Terrell Bernard, for what it looked like at least to be in this situation, to at least have some hope, I think was the word you used earlier in the week. Obviously great for him, uh, nice if you'd be able to get him back, but just for his you know, bounce back to how it did look, to be able to have some hope to maybe to play this week is obviously encouraging, and uh, you feel good for him, I'm sure, too. Well, he's a fighter, right, much like our team, and, and uh, I'm glad that he is in a position uh, to at least have a chance at this point, and, yep. and uh, we'll see how the rest of the week unfolds here. All right, and then Sam Martin, I know, was upgraded yesterday to limited, so obviously he's in the same boat. You're going to see how he reacts today and goes forward this weekend? Exactly right. That's right, Seth. Okay, there's the injury report for the Buffalo Bills. Uh, of course, this weekend, Sunday night, 6.30 p.m., Bills, Chiefs get it going in AFC Divisional Round. Coach, it's at your house this time. Uh, you've had a couple of trips to Arrowhead in the playoffs. It's tough there. I know these these stadiums. I know being there, there on the sidelines, very similarly constructed. The loud crowd noise. How much can the Bills Mafia crowd matter to you guys in this game? Well, as you mentioned, the number of times we've been there, I think it's been six out of the last seven seven games here, and uh, their their crowd definitely makes a difference. And I know our crowd. I know what they've done, what they've established in our house, and this is our chance um, to show show the the NFL community what uh, the Bills Mafia is all about. When one of those matchups was in the playoffs two years ago, um, the last time you saw Kansas City in the postseason, when thinking of the divisional round matchup and, and that game specifically, does it give you personally or guys on the team that were a part of that game any extra juice for this weekend? Well, I think, you know, when you look at it just overall, they're a good team, we're a good team. Uh, they've got good players. We've got good players, and and so uh, we're really just focused on this game, to be honest with you, Joe. And uh, again, like I've said before, is getting our 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 level of execution and our level of play uh, to the point where it needs to be uh, come Sunday night. There, Sean, what's been the challenge this week with practice, with the weather, um, all the different changes, keeping updated on that, getting guys to the facility, and and quite frankly, only six day turnaround from the last game. 
Well, it's what we deal with, right? I mean, and it's how you respond to it more than anything. And um, from from last week's game and some of the challenges leading up, you know, in the last 24, 48 hours into that game to the beginning part, at least, to the middle of this week with the snow around, um, I just think, again, it, it's how we respond to it. And I've seen uh, a tremendous response from, you know, as I said, people in our community, clearing roads, everyone just coming together um, for public safety, number one, but also to help us prepare the way we need to prepare here. And then what are the challenges when you have a lengthy injury report? Kind of give us a little peek behind the curtain of how that works out for you in contact with trainers. Maybe a guy might be ready later in the week, so you have to kind of adjust reps. You don't have to get specific, obviously, but what is that like for you as a head coach to kind of figure that all out and put that puzzle together? Well, it means more communication, right? It means more conversations that have to take place in addition to game plan conversations and in some, in some cases, conversations about the weather and transportation and scheduling. Um, it, it just means more along the lines of communication. And I, I just recently had a conversation a few minutes ago before jumping on the call with you guys here with our, with our trainer to get a better feel for the last, uh, you know, kind of up to the minute update on some of these guys. And uh, we're about to go take the field for practice and, and work on our execution and work on our, our level of play here. So it's, it's just more time, um, but at the end of the day, uh, we'll figure this thing out, and and uh, we'll take the field Sunday with, with a great mindset. Sean, you've seen Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey so many times. Rasheed Rice has really emerged for them. I think when we would have spoken to you bef- on this show before the Week 14 game, he was just starting to see an uptick, and really since then, it, he's become a staple for them. How important, to, in your eyes, has he become for their offense and you know the challenge of you know shutting him down on Sunday? Yeah, a good young player uh, who's, what, five or six games more more mature and more developed and more experienced in this case from when we saw him a few weeks ago. And uh, you can see how they're getting him more and more integrated into their offense and in the pass game and the run game and uh, just a good all-around uh, player that's that you can tell is developing. And, Sean, you know, with all the times you play Kansas City, I don't have the exact numbers on me, but it's got to be – just below your divisional opponents, right? I mean, you got the Patriots, Jets, and Dolphins, and the Chiefs have to be the next team you've played so much. Almost is like a divisional rival. How much can really change? How many wrinkles can you really throw in? Is it really just about, hey, we know them, they know us, it's really going to come down to execution at the end of the day? Well, that's, that's going to be a big part of it, right, is, is execution and, and, uh, and the ball, right? So uh, two good teams, two well-coached teams, two great organizations with great fan bases, and uh, it doesn't get any better than this. All right, Coach. Well, 6.30 p.m. Sunday. Go ahead, Joe. Uh, just a wrap, Sean. Have you thought about, or, or just, I mean, I'm sure you've thought about it, but discussed with others on the staff the, the new overtime rules? It, it feels like with the guarantee on both sides, I don't know, maybe different coaches, you'll actually see different strategies. You could, right? I mean, there's not, there's not much of a sample, if any, because of the you know, lack of overtime just with the new rule and, and uh, lack of sample size there. So, we, we discussed it going into last week in the first round of the playoffs, um, and uh, we take it one week at a time from there. Sean, I'm going to say it the same way I did the last few weeks. We look forward to talking to you next week. We hope we get that chance to do it. Good luck on Sunday. Sounds great. Look forward to it, guys. Thanks. All right, thank you. That is Bills head coach Sean McDermott. So there you have it. Four different players ruled out. Some big names. Gabe Davis on offense. Mm-hmm. On defense, Taylor Rapp, Christian Benford, Balin Specter. Which one of those four concerns you the most not having? Hmm. I might go Gabe Davis. I'm going to say Christian Benford. 
I think the reason why I those were the two I was thinking about, Benford and Davis. The reason why I would go Davis over Benford is I'm not saying Trencherfield's a bad player, but I'm more confident in the impact that Benford's replacement can make than Davis's. I like Dane Jackson. And I think Kyrie Elam, who had a couple of uneven drives at the start of the Pittsburgh game, really played well from there on. And, of course, the interception was big. And he, you know, if Douglas plays, then he won't even have to. Um, for me, it's because it's a lot of comfort in Rasul Douglas and Dane Jackson at corners just fine. I think Benford's been great this year. I think Benford has solidified himself as a starting corner on this team. Like, he, he takes, to me, drafting a corner in the offseason out of the equation. You know, I think he takes the need for Kyrie Elam to break out at some point. It doesn't make it as as important because they've got Benford. But Jackson is fine to me. And Sherfield can block and can make an impact here and there, but I just I don't see him having the upside, the big play upside especially, that, that Davis does. I think there's things Davis does, even inconsistently, that Sherfield can't replace. Sean is now Coach McDermott meeting with the rest of the Buffalo media. So I'll just pass along a couple things if there's something different, you know, in addition to what he's told us. And here's one on Terrell Bernard specifically. He said he won't practice today. More than anything, it's what he looks like the rest of the day and the evening and into Saturday. So this is literally like, do you remember? Sounds like game time decision. Remember when Josh had the elbow and they kept saying hour by hour? He's like, this is hour by hour. I think. Minute by minute. I was was off that day. I went to the game as a fan. I was in one of the parking lots tailgating. And I think it was walking up to the stadium in the 12 o'clock hour. And we still didn't know if Allen was going to play. Or maybe I just didn't know. But that came right down to it. So... We don't often get a ton of important game time decisions for this team, but this, you know, I imagine we're going to go into Sunday morning not really knowing, we we won't know whether or not he's going to play or not. He has also said that Stefan Diggs will be limited at best today with his foot injury. That is not good. Yeah. Let me ask you, because when you see a guy pop up as limited in the middle of the week with an injury, that can mean the guy got hurt during that practice. Correct. But, he has. He has. But he explained. also had veteran rest. He has explained that he had a foot injury initially in the game. That's something that cropped up later in the week, and that's why he didn't practice. And if that happened on the on the the stupid, who was the linebacker that Miles Jack play? Oh man, didn't lose my mind. Everyone will lose their mind over that. It was the r- most ridiculous play ever. Um, if you wow. don't know what I'm talking about, Diggs got yes, jumped from yes. behind on the Khalil Shakir touchdown. It's also you wonder know. with the weather and snow and ice and people slipping. You hope something like that. Yeah. Didn't take place. I don't know. I'm just, you know, throwing it out there. The way Diggs is, I don't have much question about whether he'll play. Right. He's he's he you know, he's Jordan for like competitiveness. Um so I think he'll be out there, but foot injury makes me start to wonder about how effective he'll be. Especially because he we're still waiting for he's produced more, but we don't have that giant, you know, one hundred fifty yard game from him um since he's, you know, started since Brady really took over. All right, 803 you want to jump on board. We'll have anything more from Sean McDermott as he meets with the rest of the Buffalo media right now, but we do know he has ruled out Gabe Davis, Taylor Rapp, Christian Benford, and Balen Spector for the game against the Chiefs. More, and we'll wrap up your Friday here next on the Extra Point Show at WGR. Listen to every MLB game live. In the deep left center field, it is high, it is far, it is gone. Stream minor league affiliates. The Midwest League home run leader. 
Watch the best baseball highlights and look-ins on MLB Big Inning. MLB at Bat is your all-in-one live baseball subscription for only $3.99 per month. Deep left field. It's going to go. Alvarez ties the game. Subscribe to at Bat within the MLB app today. Major League Baseball trademarks used with permission. All right, we um, will have more. We have the audio, I should say, from Sean McDermott at our website, WGR550.com, plus anything he says about uh, any injured players or anything else today with his other media session, aside from his weekly radio appearance here on WGR. But the the nuts and bolts of it are Gabe Davis, Taylor Rapp, Christian Benford, and Bale Inspector are not playing. Everybody else has a chance to play. Some will practice today, some won't. Terrell Bernard will not practice today but he still has a chance to play. Sam Martin has been limited. Uh, Stefan Diggs will practice today, they think, in some capacity, but it will be limited at best, is what he told the media after us, and indicated he had a foot injury in the game and then some sort of reaggravation mm-hmm. throughout the week. Yep. That's not good. No, especially with Davis being out. Right, yes. like th- to have your number one receiver be banged up and your number two receiver to not be playing at all. Uh, thank goodness that Khalil Shakir has been doing what he's been doing, right? And I know he's over the slot, but that makes it e- you that makes you easier to defend if Davis isn't out there and Diggs is banged up. If you don't have to focus as much attention on the boundaries or down the field, then that can allow the Chiefs to focus more in the middle, which is where Kincaid eats. That's where Shakir eats. How about this? Run the heck out of the ball and control the game. Yep. Right? I mean, I just do think you might have some opportunities to do that against this team. Also, quickly, how about James Cook in the passing game again? Yeah, Cook, that's right. Cook had 200-plus yards receiving in a four-game stretch. The last four games, how many, how many receiving yards he has in the last four games? I heard your stat on this. 17. Yeah, not a lot. Which was surprising to me to see it was that small, but we know he can he can get open. It's just, you know, can he can he catch it? We only have like a, a couple minutes left, so let's go to Mark in West Seneca. Mark, you just got to be quick, buddy. Go ahead. Real quick, uh, the thing that scares me the most is that Hockley's is the referee in this game. Yeah. It boggles my mind that after watching him make one of the worst calls I've ever seen in the last KC game uh, on Josh, with that, or I think it was a KC game, the, the, the grounding and all that, and, and then continually allow their tackles to line up illegally. And he was in control of that. I'm sure the Bills coaches were yelling from the sideline. It scares me to death. And what a commentary on NFL officiating if that guy is one of the best uh, at the end of the year to be refereeing and heading a crew. Well, uh, The only good news is that it's not his whole crew. Yeah, that's what so, I say, Mark. So let me, let, me, let me jump in here real quick. So there are some numbers that suggest games in which Ed Hock, Sean Hockley officiates the Chiefs have been better. There are the numbers suggest suggest that the Bills have not been as good, but it's not his crew. And there's also numbers suggest the home team's been better in games. He's so there's a lot there, Joe. I understand any yeah. fans' trepidation though after what they saw in Philadelphia. Yeah, I'm don't. I try not to spend. I have enough things to think about for the game on Sunday. I, 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 I generally try to put the officiating off to the side until it's happening, and then I'll get mad. No, I hear you. I yeah. do, and. I get it, like, it's a storyline, but it doesn't have to be until it is, right? If you go out there and you you play well enough and you come out with eight penalties and you win the game, no one's talking about it. If you come out with 11 penalties and you lose the game, people are making on, it a story. Again. On penalties, Jawan Taylor. Watch right? out for him. We he had, we he had, has the most penalties in the league. Yeah. He, uh, Carrington Harrison told us this morning from uh, Kansas City, he has the most penalties in a season since 2015. And, hey, Bill's at home. 
and a crew that calls a lot of penalties, gotta bet on Juwan Taylor taking at least one false start penalty in this game. Yeah, and isn't he the one? Is he the one that He's lines one, up in yes. the in back? He was the one in the opener against and the Lions where every single play. Ross Tucker said to show up in the Bulldog, I believe. I didn't hear it. They were talking about it. It's a great point. He, If they have to go silent count, he can't line up there because he can't see when the ball snapped. Right. So if he has to move up a little bit, that could hurt him. Or if he has to be laid off the ball, that's going to hurt him. Right. He's also, by the way, the one that lined up offside or uh, whatever he did. He lined up the, the wrong way he should have on the Kadarius Tony play. Where Tony lined up That's offside, right. the tackle, everyone pointed out, was too far back, and that was Taylor. All right. Joe, have a great weekend. You and I will talk on Sunday before the game. Everybody else, have a great rest of your Friday. Enjoy it. We have a Sabres game tomorrow afternoon, 12.30 p.m., pregame at 11.30 here on WGR. And, of course, full game day coverage, Bills, Chiefs, 6.30 p.m. Sunday. Sabres Live up next. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.